So uh, hello, good afternoon and welcome to Aspen Weight Live. Delighted that you can join us again today. We're delighted to be here and I have a couple of gentlemen with me that are going to enjoy the discussion for the next half an hour or so. Before we get into that and I introduce them, just always want to start with, please uh, do, if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can subscribe, you can hit the bell notification, which just basically tells you whenever we're going live so that you don't miss us. Uh, And also, this is a podcast, so welcome to you if you're listening on the podcast today. And if you haven't already done that, then please uh, do subscribe uh, to our podcast, regular content every single day uh, that we're bringing you. And uh, it really is, hopefully, uh, a good listen. You can get involved in the show today, as you always can. Uh, All you need to do is get your comments uh, across social media. We'll read some of them out, put them on the screen, and we'll even get involved uh, in get them involved and get you involved uh, in the discussion as well. Uh, right, without further ado, I'm delighted to introduce uh, the, the two men alongside me. Uh, first of all, uh, Rob Hook, who is uh, the sales director for uh, Aspen White. Rob, very uh, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. And uh, I'm, I've got Darren Talbot here, who's, 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 again, a regular fixture on the Wednesday, the chief uh, financial officer for Aspen White Wales. Uh, Darren, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, Darren. I'm sporting my new haircut today as uh, my son's cut my hair yesterday. So, um, but, in, but in hairdressers, not. <laughs> yeah, brave man, brave man, brave, Darren. Yeah, brave or stupid. I've gone, I've gone the opposite way, as you, as you can probably see. It's just growing um, extensively <laughs> now and uh, probably will continue to do so. Um, Errol, they call it. I, I'm really interested in what's in the background, Darren. I can just see it looks like the sea in the background, but it's not, is it? Yeah, it's, it is the sort of, um, it's a poster, so trying to sort of... Um, brighten up the day a bit you know with a bit of beach beach scene as we can't get down the beach at the moment so recreate a little bit of beach in my garden <laughs> yeah that's, that's that looks nice it looks really good um right let's delve into it today we wanted to uh talk um really about how we're going to come out of this situation um we want to dedicate to, to dedicate some time today uh, just talking around that, that idea of the, the things that you need to do to, to come out um in a better position and a lot of businesses get in contact with us just saying that you know what, what can I do to ensure that when this come, when we come out the other side that I'm in the best position that I possibly can be um, we made some notes before the show and we were looking at people process and performance and and Rob this was very much driven by you so I'm, I'm going to pass over to you to to introduce this before we have our discussion sure well a lot of companies have gone through that sort of rabbit in the headlights and they're kind of thrilled that they've made all the various grants, they furloughed people and, and now they're thinking, so what next? And what I think people should be doing is asking themselves the question, what should you be doing more of and what you should, should you be doing less of so that you come out of this better than you went in? And, and that's the basic premise. Um, and I'll, I'll expand on that as we go forward. Yeah, it's a, re- it's a really interesting uh, topic, Darren, and I know that we actually touched on this in a few of our previous shows, but the, the idea of, I guess, the, the positive side of it and the idea of what, what can I do um, to not just evaluate, because we've talked about that before, evaluating where I am, but, but looking at how I can make the, the, the most of this and come out the other side stronger. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, I mean, and, you know, businesses, as, as Rob explained, is out of that sort of almost out of that headlight, that rabbit in the headlight situation. And now they're thinking, right, I can see myself through for the next three months. 
now they need to start thinking what they're going to do for the next 12 months, what they're going to do in the next five years. And I know it's a long time to plan, but, you know, seriously, they need to, you know, people need to start working on their business. But, you know, looking at their financial forecasts for the, for the, for the next 12 months, I know it's difficult to predict, but work on a range of scenarios. You know, and again, people don't, you know, don't do enough planning. And if they, people can work on three different plans, you know, a base case where they think their normal business would be an, an upside and a, and a downside case budget, then at least then they can see what impact certain elements would have within their, within their, within their business and doing more of the things that add value. And I think the key thing is with, with all this is to do it, you know, I think in collaboration and partnership, you know, and, and you, you can't do this on your own. You've got to work with your suppliers. You've got to work with your customers and, and have a collaborative approach to this. And I think, during this, this, you know, sort of this COVID-19, people coming together stronger, better. I think we got a lot more respect for each other, and we need to sort of take that now to the next level and say, well, okay, I, I don't mind taking a, you know, a bit, a bit of a pay cut on my, on, the, on this part of the service, but what other services can I offer you? Did you know that, you know, for example, Aspenweight does X, Y, and Z, and then all of a sudden you might actually build up more business from that customer just by sort of looking at the price and working together. I tell you what, let's let's so there's so many uh, uh, good points there. Um, let's let's start with um, the uh, this idea of uh, personal improvement and how how we get there because it was some really good um, notes that that you had um, Rob on this, which included mm. um, you know mindfulness and we talk about exercise and, and things that are really going to sharpen your brain um, because when we talk about the, the the basics of it and trying to put it in a logistical order these sort of things need to come first especially in a situation that we're in now at the moment i know a few people in the last couple of days that have got in contact with me and said i'm i'm struggling now now i'm mm. now i'm starting to struggle yeah I, I think the people process performance are in that order for a good reason and it's all about the people um but rather than you know if i said to you you should look at improving people everyone would say yes i agree with it but i'm not sure how so what i'd like to do is Give give a couple of examples. If you can't think of anything, then these are some examples that you might want to, to, to think about. But also, we're talking about two people here. One is myself as an individual. What can I do to improve myself? And, and during this and coming out of it better as an individual, but also within the company, if you're a business owner or a team leader, how do you get your team to come out of this better? So things, for instance, like um, everyone is stressed at the moment. So mindfulness um, it is is something that you can learn. It's a skill, and I promise you, having done it, it really does make a difference. It means that instead of this constant bombardment on your brain, it's like a muscle. The brain is like a muscle. It's just if it's overused, it get tired, and it's not efficient. So it gives you an opportunity um, to take a break. So I think that that would be one of them. Is is practicing mindfulness. The second thing is. Take exercise. Everyone knows that if you go for a good long walk, that's all it needs to be. Everyone feels better after it. So go for walks. Build them into your uh, routine. And I think the third point for me is find find something to, it's called Sharpen the Saw from Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Think about what you do and think, if I could do that better, if I could be more aware of SEO, if I could be... Uh, a better typist whatever it is if I could be a better strategist go and read the books and sharpen the source so th- so those would be three areas I think um, I-, I would encourage people to look at on the people side of things both as individual and within the team 
Yeah, it's something we we something we we talk about um, in general terms when we're not in uh, co- having COVID nineteen and having the social and economic circumstances. Darren, it's something that anyway people people probably overlook uh, as far as business. And when we when we start to talk through what Rob said about people, you know, and then processes, people get the first one wrong because they're not looking after themselves. They're not getting the best out of themselves. I totally agree with you. I take my own circumstances, you know, um, just over the last sort of three or four weeks, I've to- totally changed, not just through COVID-19, but having a, a coach myself, you know what I mean? And I've never thought about getting a coach myself, you know, and all of a sudden I think to myself, right, I've got a coach. He's pointing out the things I know about, but I'm actually now doing something about it. I'm actually, the advice he's given me, I'm actually taking because I'm telling myself to do it. I'm not doing it. But when someone else is policing you, you start thinking about some of the things you do and the indisciplines that you have as, as a person. And you can then also, you know, take that down to the staff. So it, it, myself, you know, I mean, I get up every morning now, 6.30. I do my exercise regime, but a mindfulness. I do some yoga now every day, 20 minutes. And I, I know it's a cliche. If you have, I've never thought about doing mindfulness before. I'm doing yoga. I'm thinking, actually, I'm so much better in the morning now. I'm ready to go. By 8 o'clock, I'm at my desk. I'm ready to go. And I think, you know, chunking your day up into sort of sections where you do take that time away for yourself, come back to your desk after a walk or a bit of exercise, then you start again. Because I think we spend far too much time at the desk constantly thinking and do, do, trying to do work. And the, 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 the product, productivity that's coming out to you is, is, is nowhere near as good as chunking up in this process. And I think, uh, I think my team in, within Aspen Waiting Wheels, we've been sort of quite you know, it's investing quite heavily into sort of the, the, the sort of mindfulness, the well-being, because we recognise the fact that some people might work better in the evenings. And I think with all this, you know, different sort of different working methods now, I'm finding the productivity the productivity of the last three to four weeks has been phenomenal. Mm. And I think businesses will see that, you know, going forward. And I think some people, some business owners are, are sometimes, are, you know, are not afraid to take on a coach, but they think, well, why do I need a coach? Why do I need someone to tell me what to do about forecasts? I know my business inside out. It's not just about that. It's actually just someone to sort of to challenge that person to make them you know think a little bit a little bit differently about what the things they do because we form these habits and don't realise that we do a lot of the things you know and I'm no doubt I love my work I'm a bit of a workaholic but I'm actually you know doing more work now probably perhaps less hours because mm. I'm actually focusing on the things that I should be doing and not the things I shouldn't be doing and I've created this list that, that Robert said before we've even spoken about it today of the things I'm passing on to my team. And the person behind, down, down below me are delegating to, down, down further to the team because if they don't delegate, then they're going to get swamped. So it's a key of, 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 and then at the end of the line, like you said, it might be a case that you've got a client that you, it, it may be too needy or um, you spend a lot of time on. There's things you can do about that. You don't have to get rid of them. You've now got to take the opportunity just to make them more efficient yourself and don't tolerate some of the stuff that comes in. So mm. I think people are going to be a bit more honest and have, have those talks with people. It's a really interesting uh, point you make there about the structure of your day. We've touched on this before, uh, Rob, in a few of our live broadcasts. And we've specifically talked around the things that are going to stay uh, with us after this has hopefully um, solved and, and gone away. And we're getting back to something like normality. Um, and the things that are going to have inherently change now and, and that people won't be able to go back on. Look at just on the idea of... Um, your day and how you set it up if we're going to look at positives and things that may have come out of this people like darren people like myself uh, and yourself as well will get up in the morning as darren said one of my the things that i'm finding that i may do um is i might do my exercise at a certain time um and then come back to work 
uh, a little bit later. I've done that on a couple of occasions. My day is, is um, set up for myself. I can set my own day up, like just like Darren has done. I said, in the morning, I'm going to do this, this and this. Then I'm going to work. Then I might go for a walk. Then I'm going to come back and work. What, what are the, the, the effects on that going back into um, the, the normal world as, as, a, as a business owner? Are you going to have mm. to really be much more aware of mental health now? And, 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 and someone like Darren, let's say Darren was going back to an office and he suddenly goes back into an office and, and he's not able to do those things. Firstly, it's going to have a, a detrimental effect again on his mental health. But secondly, as an employee, you're going to get a lot of employees that now say, well, no, I'm not. I want to structure my day differently now because this is how I'm most productive. Yeah, I, I think that we're looking for engagement. If if all I wanted was muscle and I was building something, I'm not really interested in what the head's doing. I'm interested in what the body's doing. But today, most of the jobs that we do, we engage the brain. And if we're going to be engaged in the brain, we have to be that that muscle has to be right. So if you ask me the one question, which is what would I do differently? Well, strangely enough, it's not about the the, the how I do my day because I'm 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 of an age where I know what I do. I've, I've got my systems well honed. Um, but I'm, I'm much more focused now. Instead of just making the phone call, I'm now going to use Zoom a lot more. I've learned the value. As we're doing now, you can see me. I can see Darren. Even in the sales call, I would have just phoned somebody up. I'm, I'm much more um, likely now to say, could you take a Zoom call? And I recognize now that all the distractions, um, somebody may come in the door, in the, I'm at home, so they may come in the door. We've learned to live with that. And, I, and I, I feel now making use of technologies like Skype or Zoom or, or others, Team or Slack, so we can actually be in contact with people is, a, is probably going to be the biggest change that will come out of it for me positively. Well, it brings us on nicely to um, the, the processes and, you know, we're looking at anything from sort of systems there uh, as well. That, that, that takes us on to that next point where we looked at people. We're looking at uh, processes of, of how that works. And, and that is something that we, you know, we've talked about again before where businesses are now going to look at processes because uh, I wonder how many uh, businesses are, are or how many people are now going to be working from home maybe for a, a high proportion of their week because that is how they're going to most effectively work. Yeah. Um, if I take almost 99% of all the businesses I've worked for, the process is they've got a central database, they've got a sage or equivalent financial thing, and then each one will have an individual spreadsheet. Remember, I'm sales and marketing, so I'm talking mostly from sales, but it happens everywhere. And they'll run these independently. So when people are away and I wanted to see what they're doing and what the impact is, I've got to download their sheets. I think that this is a time now where people could have a hard, hard look at things like CRM systems, enterprise resource planning, ERP systems, that getting everyone on one platform so we can communicate across that way. So much time and energy is wasted by having to go into a spreadsheet take that information, put it onto the CRM system, put it onto Sage. I think with things like HubSpot and Salesforce, they are so, so powerful now that it takes time and money to implement it. I don't doubt that. But the but the outcome in terms of productivity and engagement is phenomenal. Most times people don't use the systems, not because they're lazy. They're just too clunky. 
So I, I think now's the time to seriously look at the way you transact businesses with customers, with suppliers and internally and smooth that path to the best of your ability. Well, interestingly, um, Darren, this morning we were on a, a, a Zoom call, which was a webinar, which we were doing around internal communication specifically and how we were improving our own internal communication with a central hub for videos and communication and different uh, team groups and channels. Um, and it just shows that, that there will be many people on, on the back of Rob, Rob's point that will, let's just focus on internal communication. We'll be looking at it now and saying, well, actually, if this person works here or this person needs this system, let's bring them together and let's ensure that everybody can connect and have meetings and webinars every day from wherever they are. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I've been using lots of various different systems, but, you know, just going through what what, you do, what we did this morning, um, for me, one of the biggest frustrations is that, um, you know, you're working on a lot of client work, someone sends an email out to all staff and all of a sudden 40 people reply to the all staff email. Well, you know, when you've got forums and everything else that, that, that can that can manage this type of thing, it's a lot easier than filling your inbox up with everybody, every other people's comments. But I think when you look at sort of other sort of, you know, the systems, you know, I've been doing, um, I'm, tick I'm obviously leaving the, the Blues at the end of June, at the end of the season, does the FD, and I've got some time now to, to ease the next person in. But we've been doing training on um, on Zoom, on T uh, Microsoft Teams, Team Viewer, and we've been sharing spreadsheets. But also what we found is that we, we're not using certain systems, you know, like Google Docs, for example. We started putting some of the shared documents on Google Docs because both of us want to use it at the same time. And rather than, you know, sort of having one version and then somebody else updates it and then you don't know what the right version is, is that controlled documents. And I think, you know, everybody is looking at their processes, looking at what they do that annoys them. And I was thinking, how can I get rid of this and how can I improve it? And because you've got that time to spend working on your business rather than in the business, that cliche that we're always using, it is actually going to, you are going to come out of this. If you can if you form those habits over the next number of months on this lockdown, you should come up with a much better business. And I think a lot of businesses are I'm dealing with about five or six distressed businesses before this all happened. And it's been quite sort of lighthearted, really, when you're talking to those customers now, because every other customer is now also distressed. So they're not on their boat on their own. They feel a, bit, a little bit like everybody's with me now. I'm like, well, OK, yeah, great. You know, we're looking at that. It's positive. But what you've got to do now is that take advantage of all the schemes that's out there to sort of, and make your business better over the next over the next three months and come out of this know you're better and stronger than the your business you were before but also trying to come up better and stronger than your rivals you know there is going to be some a lot of competition for work there is this this change in working patterns and people and investment but it, what it all comes down to when it comes to people is is again that word trust but also the, the performance it's what you measure in terms of those people you know what i mean it doesn't matter what time they come in or what time they go for a walk or what time they do their sports everybody is different and at the end of the day, when you've got the stats at the end of the week and the stats are showing that the results have been, been achieved, so what if someone comes in at 10 o'clock and, and works till 6 o'clock? So what if someone comes in at 11 and works till 7 o'clock and goes out different times of the day? It's all about the results and I think, you know, in, and, and working practices changing. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And I think um, it brings us nicely again on to, um, we can talk about these in different order. We, we put them specifically, people, um, process and performance. But we, when we're looking at performance, um, Rob, all of, all of the elements and all the things that we talked about should have a, a huge impact on ultimately um, the business's performance. And, and getting people aligned to that is, is difficult. Um, 
And we talked last time about leadership and, and we're fortunate at Aspen Wake. We've, um, we've got Paul Waite, who is an inspirational leader and he's setting out the agenda. So in that regard, we're, we're very lucky. I, I, I think in terms of performance, everybody, everybody in the business needs to be able to get up in the morning and understand their contribution to the business. There needs to be um, some kind of measurement that they're doing what they should be doing. Again, I, I'm sorry to stress this, but my background is sales and marketing. But on sales, people say um, most people are motivated by, you know, the amount of money they earn if they get the sales right. And I, and I just know that not to be true. But there does have to be a measurement in place. So we get one guy says, I made 100 calls and I earned so much amount of money and for the business. And one guy says, yeah, I made one call and I made the same. So I'm not going to make any more. My, my feeling is that people should be measured on the thing that is going to create the outcome. So the outcome is the money. Don't measure. Well, you've got to measure that anyway. Measure the things that's going to lead to um, the outcome. So how many calls are they making? How many visits are they making? And or you could do the same for marketing. And I would just encourage people to look at their role and saying, I know what it looks like when I'm doing well. How can I measure that so I can tell people I'm doing well and I can reinforce in myself what I'm doing that it's going well. So performance, understanding it, measuring it. Um, and remember this maxim, what gets measured gets done. Fabulous way to finish this part. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Darren, I'll, I'll let you add to that as well. Yeah, I think you know. I do give a good example of this is that you know people get getting measured. You know, let's go back to my world where I work a lot in in sports and finance. You know, when I joined you know, the Cardiff Blues back two years ago, um, to say the systems were, were were great and you know and and everything was running, but when you looked at you know some of the stats that were being produced for the board for the very first board meetings I was I went into. It was a little bit embarrassing two and a half years ago when the coach comes in and gives you stats on every single player, how many yards they run, how many tackles they've made. They measured to the nth degree. And that that, that performance, that training regimes and everything else makes them better people and make them, makes them improve. Then we looked at sort of what was produced in terms of finance, what was produced in terms of marketing, sales, commercial sponsorship, next to nothing. So the team over the last sort of two years have been developing you know, a system of KPIs and and and, um, and performance measurements. And now it, it's it's great. You can go into the board meeting. The coach who's, who can do gives you his stats on the players. But he, we actually can actually add to, add to that that board meeting with our own stats. That and you know they're constantly changing. But also we feed those into the you know the the, the, the Welsh rugby union. So everybody's producing the same sort of stats. And therefore, like you said, we get what can be measured. You and then gives you that performance. But also it's it's a standard. And I think what really annoys me at the moment is that I think you know, in the, with with stats and performance is is COVID nineteen and so many deaths and so many so many people tested. No one's got a standard. And really, mm. you can't tell where we are on the curve or, or where we are in doing certain things because. No one's applying a standard. If you apply a standard measurement across in a business that works, then you can then say salesman A, salesman B, salesman C have all got the same stats, but you can clearly identify who's performing and who's not, and who needs right. those non-performance can then be coached and you know and find out the areas where they're struggling in and made better people. It's not about getting rid; it's making them better people and see what why their performance is low. And it could be a switch that just turns on all of a sudden, and they they, they can be the top performer just overnight. You, you mentioned there uh, sport. I know we touched on this uh, last week and obviously you've got a link there to, uh, to rugby and saying that how much uh, testing and measuring goes on uh, scientifically now in the sport itself and away from that off the pitch, 
very little and you've had to kind of shape that. When we look at um, the, football, for example, uh, as well at the moment, do you think a lot of football clubs are, are doing exactly what we've talked about this morning or this afternoon, sorry, and actually saying, well, on the pitch, you know, the, the, the science, especially at Premier League level, is absolutely incredible. But as we've already seen with big football clubs off the pitch, it, it's, it's just, it's not mirrored at all, is it? There, there almost seems to, and, and I, I don't know if I'm being, um, uh, you know, unkind here, but there almost seems like a lot of clubs have just sort of said, well, what are we going to do? We don't, you know, we, we really don't understand what we do now off the pitch as far as finance is concerned. We've had some top clubs uh, put staff on furlough and then obviously retracted that. Um, so, so, so it's probably more common um, Darren, than we think in sport. Yeah, I think so. I think you look, you look at sort of any, I think any sport that's probably looking at itself at the moment and, you know, it's always been about, you know, that, that, that front, you know, and if you look at something like any kind of club and, and sport in terms of a bulk of the income comes from three or four key sources. The bulk of the, um, the, the, the cost will be wages of players and key coaches. So therefore there's only a, a small amount of stuff you can affect but, you know, if you look at, at a lot of clubs are going to be looking at themselves now thinking, well, I don't even actually talk about fan engagement, but I've spent so much time in the last two or three months having time to do fan engagement. And you've seen bosses, managers, players making phone calls to fans. And some of the best ideas come from that grassroots. And I think these clubs are starting to realise that, you know, by looking at their business, not just the, front, the sharp end, but looking at what goes on in the backroom processes, they will make themselves a better club and much more resilient. And I think, you know, it's always been the the, the kudos goes to the sort of frontline staff and the, the poor groundsman who's, who's worked socks off to get the, the ground ready for Saturday. And if you look at things like non-league sides and everything else and the rain and things we've had, they were working their socks off to get that game on. And you think to yourself, well, you know, the recognition and that performance, you know, measurements should be there. If, I, if he's got every single game on, why hasn't he got a stat to say that out of all the games he's put on, he's had 90, 95% of games have been played? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good point. I, I wanted to, um, we've only got a few minutes left. I wanted to bring it all the way back round to the start. We mentioned about people we've got through to performance. Um, one of the things that may have come out of, of, of this crisis is people's mindset as far as positivity and not negativity. And, and that's a, uh, another key point that we want to mention, Rob, is just that the effect that has on business. So people are probably going to come out of this and be very grateful for a number of things. When we relate that to business, it might just help a few business owners and a few people working in businesses to actually look at that from a different point of view. Maybe won't be moaning about certain things that they would have moaned about before, for example. Yeah, we, we talked about things that you should be doing more of, but there's also things that should be doing less of. And one of them is moaning. As an individual, nothing saps energy, group energy, than someone that's moaning. And if you're a leader, life's tough out there. Um, but moaning and bitching or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and I've been around people like that. You, you just leave thinking, I'm just totally drained. And this is an opportunity for everyone to say, am I doing that? And if I'm doing that, stop it, because it really doesn't help anyone. But I don't want to leave on a, 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 a down note. I want to leave on an up note. If you want a good book to read, I recommend that Legacy by, I can't remember which of the All Blacks that wrote it. But they say, leave the jersey in a better place than you found it. And I promise you, read that book and you will come out feeling alive, positive, uplifted. And that's my message. 
I tell you, just before uh, Darren have his, his sort of final word or, or on things, um, what, one of the things that we like to do is we like to be as helpful as possible and, and in, a, in a real way. So what we will do is I'll speak to you, um, uh, Rob, afterwards, and we'll get a list of some books because you've suggested okay. a couple of great ones, and we'll put them out there um, on an image. We'll, we'll put them out on our social media accounts. So if you fancy some reading, because I, I know I'm trying to make some notes of a few of these that I haven't read uh, to, to get them. So we'll we'll have that conversation and um, maybe Darren will want to chip in and other people that we've got within the group as well. And we'll, we'll publish a list of, of great books. Maybe we'll get it down to 10 that you might want to go away and read because um, as, as Rob said, there's, there's, there are many out there. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when it comes down to sort of the book that Rob is referring to in, in, in terms of values, and let me just give you a little example here of, of uplifting people that I work with in terms of, of you know players. So in within the blue setup, we've got a number of um, Highlanders from some from Fiji and, and and from New Zealand, and their total outlook on life, their positivity that that flows through the team, and the, that ethos now that the team has is because when they go into a dressing room and play a game, and they go out to that dressing room, no matter where it is. They clean up. They put the shirts back on the hook. They brush the changing rooms down. These are professional players paid a good sum of money. But the values they've got in life have made them who they are. And they still, even from a young lad who was training at age of seven, cleaning the changing rooms, they still do it now as a professional player. And those values and positivity that these pe- that these people give to our business alone, you know what I mean? I'll just give one guy, you know, Nick Williams, I mentioned, you know what I mean? An absolute phenomenal inspiration. The first day that he couldn't play, there was a social media response coming in from him. He'd gone down the street. He'd asked every because he couldn't play and because he couldn't train. He asked everybody in the street if they needed any help, anything to do with shopping, anything else. I'm here. I'm not doing anything. I'd love to help. Immediately, it was like within about an hour of him going home. And they just got this different mindset. And I think that people need to take that positivity into business. And you know, it's, if you surround yourself with negative people, it is it is an absolute drain. But you know, I mean, I think you know, with Aspen Weight and the team we have, there's so much positivity around. You can't help but sort of um, pick yourself up and and go again. Yeah, and hopefully we can bring that positivity uh, to you as well. We've started these live streams um, for a really <laughs> difficult time, uh, socially and, uh, and economically. And we're here to support and help through this, but we're not going away. We're going to continue doing this for, uh, forever now, hopefully. And we're going to continue doing these shows every day. And a lot of the shows have been about uh, COVID-19. They've been about reacting to the things that have gone on as far as uh, government support and business grants and loans and, and, and everything else. But the shows will start to become more focused on things that we talked about today. Uh, I love the idea of uh, recommending books um, I love the idea of talking about ways we can be more positive at work. So many areas that you can go into. Uh, and and our, our show on a Wednesday seems to have a, a theme that runs through it. So I'm sure we'll continue that next week. But but we're here to stay every day and our shows will become uh, more diverse and hopefully bring you uh, some really important things. Uh, that's almost it uh, today. Um, I'm going to just end uh, by... Uh, choosing uh, a song Paul usually does this every day he's got great musical knowledge and I feel that little bit of pressure uh, when it comes to choosing a song on a Wednesday Uh, the one I've gone for today is one of my absolute personal favorites it's a little bit different we've been talking about feeling a bit more love today and we've been talking very much about the digital um, world so I'm going to play Daft Punk and Digital Love which I just absolutely amazing track really underrated actually Um, If you're listening on the podcast, that's coming up next. Uh, And if you're not, as we always say, uh, do go and listen to that song, whether that's now or a little bit later on. uh, Daft Punk's Digital Love, very, very uplifting. 
um, and hopefully uh, you'll find a bit of uh, comfort and uh, joy in that today. Right, that's it for this Lunchtime's broadcast. All that remains is to say a big thank you to uh, Rob Hook. Enjoyed, thank you. And uh, obviously a big thank you to, to Darren Talbot as well for, uh, yep. for, for joining me. And, and thank you so much um, for your comments. We've had loads today. I've tried to put as many as we can uh, up on the screen. Everybody kind of getting involved in that discussion around negativity and and turning that into positivity we'll do more shows on this because i think this really uh, strikes a chord with people uh, as far as some of the things that they would like to um like to see in businesses and, uh, and maybe amongst um you know their peers as well so thank you ever so much for getting involved thank you for watching as we said do uh, subscribe to our uh, youtube channel if you're listening on the podcast don't forget you've got a song coming up next and if you haven't already please uh, subscribe to the podcast as well all of these things help us and they just tell you when we upload new content can't wait to uh, have you join us tomorrow have a great rest of the day and i'll see you at 12 30 tomorrow bye